Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com slash Media. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod, iPhone, or MP3 player. I'm getting awesome. You're getting awesome. We're getting awesome. Yeah, that's what I said now. What's up, guys? It's Sorg here. It's the Awesome Cast. We are fresh off the pod camping, and we're ready to do this thing tonight. Uh, we got we got a lot of stuff lined up for tonight, and uh, uh, w- with us, as usual, is my trusty sidekick, uh, Rob De La Creta. How you doing today? Hey, am I in color again? No, you're not. I'm not? No, you're not. Sir. Ustream is, is deceiving. On Ustream, it looks like I'm in color. Oh, God, I'm really not in color. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. I know you're so excited. You're in, you're you're live and in living color this weekend at, at PodCamp, and now now we had to take that away from you. I apologize. Uh, why can't I have nice things? <laughs> well, we're working on some things. We're working on a little bit of uh, 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 some new software, maybe in the near future, where we can bring your your colorful face and wonderful uh, mustache in all its glory to the users every every week. Fantastic. Excellent. Um, so so are you are you now you got to experience the live show. This past weekend, uh, not only did I experience it, I was in it. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so um, yeah, it was a good time, and uh, we should do that more often. And we might. We're, we're working on that, maybe. Is there? Uh, did we get any um, any word on like places to do it? No, we haven't reached out yet. Uh, if anybody's in those any place that we would be able to go that would be kind of live podcast friendly, please let us know. Uh, here at the Awesome Cast, uh, but contact at awesomecast.com and uh, in you know our Twitters and everything. And uh, we're, we're definitely interested in doing the live thing more. The feedback was fantastic from it. Uh, yeah, and, and we will gladly pimp whatever place we're at if if we need to. That's right, yeah, exactly, that's exactly. Maybe we can get sponsors for it or something to pay for you know our drinks or something. Uh, yes. <laughs> but also joining us is the man behind the magic of PodCamp Online. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Spike Katora from VivoLive.com. How you doing? Hey, Mike, Rob, Chachi. Great to be with you guys. Oh, we're actually, you're really low. I don't know what happened since we started the show. Uh-oh. It sounds all right to me. It does to you? <laughs> yeah, sounds perfect to me. What in the world happened here? Broke it already. I broke it already. Are you going to talk <laughs> again? Is that any better? Uh, yeah, that's a lot better. All right. So, how you doing? How you recovering from pod camp there? Still recovering, but uh, it was a, it was a good weekend, so no complaints there. Excellent, excellent. Um, so we'll be talking about you again. You know, please chime in for any of the stories uh, as we go. I know. I think we're going to be talking a few about a few media stories and everything, uh, and then we'll be talking about a little bit about Vivo Live and stuff going on there. Uh, and also back with us. Whoops! I got uh, we got a visual representation this week. Uh, Chachi of Chachi says dot com has joined us. How you doing tonight? First off, it's dot net. Dot net. See, oh. you know what? You messed it up on your own show. I know. <laughs> so I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. We got uh, again. We got the serious face on you uh, tonight. <laughs> right. That's my. That's my. I am not happy face. That's right. Are you, is is that representative of uh, how you're feeling? No, actually, I'm in a pretty good mood tonight. That'll be a, uh, it, that'll be real interesting. 
Um, fantastic. Uh, well, let's get right into it. Uh, uh, first story of the day was something I think all of us woke up to this morning. Uh, the Twitter bug hit us. Um, did, did anybody else e- experience this this uh, uh, firsthand? I experienced it by proxy through watching the Twitter stream explode on my phone. Oh my phone. god, yes. Well, see, I use I use the web at work. Mm-hmm. It's just easier. <laughs> and, oh, I got hit hard. Mm-hmm. I got hit really hard. And then I started having fun with it, making jokes about the robots rising up and everything, and it was just great. <laughs> See, someone I was like, "What? What is this Twitter bug?" And somebody's like, "Oh, you go go into your web version and roll over the black thing, and it'll retweet. Don't do it." And I was like, yeah. "Well, I I gotta poke the beast, man." Uh, <laughs> so I went right in, and 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 I and you know, you just it just like a car accident. Apparently, your your mouse will gravitate towards whatever you're not supposed to go go towards, like the roll, you know, the rollover porn, uh, and and apparently the the black thing that retweets uh, uh, bad links to uh, all your followers. <laughs> so uh sorry uh yeah. so, sorry guys this morning for whatever i heard it was hardcore porn or something that got retweeted or yeah it was, it was uh hardcore things. japanese porn or so i hear so or so you hear so i hear nothing i would know anything about but uh yeah it was a javascript exploit mm-hmm. and uh they patched it pretty fast they patched it within like an hour and a half or something like that uh, i was just i was actually just listening uh, to uh tech news today uh, a little bit before the show, and they say it was they say it was a JavaScript app exploit. Apparently, it's one from a while ago that they had patched, and uh, and and through a these the site upgrades they've been doing lately, uh, they they somehow unpatched it through the oh. process. So uh, so so they, I mean I guess they got back to it pretty quickly. They just had to I guess reapply whatever code uh, was involved. So yeah. So, uh, in- interesting, interesting move there on Twitter. Uh, at least it's not a farewell, right? Yeah, it's not a farewell. And they, and the fact that they, uh, they addressed it. So I, I can't think of another Twitter attack that has been addressed so quickly. So it's either it was just, oh, that whole thing again. Let's fix that again. Now, what other kind uh, of, what other kind of attacks have we had in the past? Like any, anything? I, I can't remember anything as, uh, uh, you know, that took advantage of, uh, of Twitter uh, to this effect. Well, there's been a bunch of uh, phishing-type worm attacks where mm-hmm. somebody would send you a DM that said, like, oh, my God, is this you in this picture? And you would yeah. click that, and it would take more over your Twitter kind. account and send it out to all your followers. Yeah, more more spammy, uh, hiding things in, in uh, you know, bit.ly URLs kind of things. Uh, yeah. I, I actually noticed, uh, you know, I, I was looking up uh, Hootsuite.com uh, thanks to a, a session of PodCamp this past weekend. And I saw that it'll actually, uh, when it has a link, and I think I may actually do it here. I've been playing with Seismic Web, too. No, this is some, I guess there's something for pictures here. Uh, but it'll actually uh, pop up like the website and a little bit of information about it. I presume to, to verify uh, what exactly you're going to. Uh, I believe that's uh, also a feature of the new Twitter. Okay, yeah. It, well, yeah, no, a lot of that's supposed to be rolling out. I, I haven't seen it yet. Has anybody else got the new Twitter? Nope. nope. Not yet. <laughs> so there's like at least one person on 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 all the other shows get it. We got completely shafted so far, but that's supposed <laughs> to be rolling out over the next uh, few weeks, I guess. Um, <laughs> well, uh, you know, the, 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 the good, you know, there goes Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, now, other stories that I completely overlooked because uh, we, it's been a busy week. Uh, can, can you tell us a little bit about this chip upgrade stuff, Rob? Uh, yeah, so Intel is rolling out this really awesomely dumb program uh, through Best Buy. <laughs> uh, let's say, you know, you walk into a, um, 
a Best Buy, and you want to buy the Gateway SX2841-09E uh, in particular. Is, is, and, that, uh, is that really the, the number? That is actually exactly what it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and you're, you're buying it because it contains a Pentium G6951 dual-core LGA1156 Clarkdale processor. These guys aren't winning any awards with names lately. <laughs> um... So anyway, uh, you, you get this thing, and you assume it, it has all the full capabilities of the uh, processor, in, including the uh, hyper-threading and maybe uh, the full L3 cache for a total of 4 megabytes. But oh wait, there's a little card sitting next to that computer on the shelf, and it says, if you buy me for 50 bucks, we'll give you this little code, and it'll unlock the full actual features of your CPU. Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I mean, we're all pretty familiar with the Celeron line, which is basically um, when chip manufacturers make chips in general, there's always the good and the bad of a chip manufacturing line, and usually the bad gets relegated to the Celeron line, or sometimes they'll intentionally take chips and uh, disable certain features, but they are permanently set to that clock lower, so they run cooler and they cause less trouble, and they'll release it as a Celeron chip. But on this, what they've done is basically done that, but the chips are working so well that they've just put a little switch in it saying that if you want the full capacity of this chip, uh, give us an extra 50 bucks. So they're they're just, like, basically disabling it at the factory. That, uh, you, know, you mentioned before the Celeron chip. Uh, I know those were pretty famous, uh, certain models for, uh, uh, say, hackers, uh, overclockers, uh, to go in and pretty much enable the dormant features that were pretty much making, I guess, a, a really just a pentium of the age, right? Yeah, yeah. One of uh, the first uh, shuttle PC that I built was a two gigahertz Celeron that I had unlocked and overclocked to two point four gigahertz. Mm. Um, and this is um, this is the equivalent of um, I don't know. Say you buy three quarters of a loaf of bread, and there's a little thing on the shelf next to that loaf of bread that says, "Hey, for an extra dollar, we'll give you that that last quarter that you bought." So there's there's a couple ways to look at it. You can play devil's advocate and be like, you know. Well, they're being more uh, energy efficient, they're being more conservative by instead of producing two separate lines of chips, which would uh, cost a lot of materials and money and time and labor, uh, as well as the environmental costs, they're saying, how about instead of releasing two chi chips on the, um, where is this, a Clarksdale, Clark Clarkdale uh, line, let's just release one with a switch in it. But, on the other hand, um, it seems kind of silly to sell a disabled chip, and once the crackers get a hand on it, of it, you know, the nice thing is you get a faster computer for 50 bucks cheaper than you would have to pay otherwise once you get the crack that will inevitably be released for this. Not that we recommend that. No, no, I would never recommend that at all. Oh. <laughs> you had something, yeah, something to Number one, it, it deters me because they're doing it through Best Buy. This is specifically a Best Buy kind of product, right? Yeah, there. This is actually a trial run that they're doing through Best Buy on this particular computer to see how it goes. See, okay. see, that's my first problem with it. My second problem with it is what Rob said. Why not just unleash the power of this chip? Mm -hmm. Now, is I mean, it why hold back? Is it any different though than uh, than than back when I well, was a Windows Seven and Vista? Vista, uh, they they had one disc and you can have an in place upgrade, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. that is that there. is a good comparison. I hadn't thought of that. 
I'll use that. I think I might have heard it in passing on, on another show, to be honest. So I won't take full credit for that. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but still, uh, you know, I mean, you have all the software there. You paid a price for it. And, you, you know, uh, and we've actually done this. Uh, we've, we've had to do this, do this at work a little bit, uh, to, to get the in-place upgrades. Um, you know, is there really a difference between it or is, or is it, we think it's different because it's, it's hardware? I mean, really, it's it's that's an, an apples to apples comparison. It's you have a product that's can as that is capable of one thing, and you are underclocking it so you can charge users more for the full price. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'd really be curious to compare this chip to um, to the shelf cost versus manufacturing cost, uh, manufacturing and marketing. Consider everything in. Compare it to how much they're charging for other chips that don't have this option in it, and see if they're basically pocketing fifty bucks, mm-hmm. or if they are like legitimately cutting back the cost a little bit to the consumer, as well as. Um, so, you know, to make room for this sort of, yeah. like, $50 upgrade. And, and is this, I mean, yeah, it could be a cost-cutting measure. It could be, you know, you, you have more, more than one type of chip that, that cuts into how much it takes per each cycle. But, yeah, if it's all one thing and, and, and you you have basically uh, two or three different forms of chips coming off the same assembly line, that's got to be saving them money somewhere. But, yeah, again, you know, uh, it could be just budget cuts and whatnot, uh, you know, from the company. Yeah, it's also an option of, um, you know, shelf space costs money. Every square foot in a store is, is money to be made. And if they can put a smaller impact on that, the uh, then that square footage that that gateway PC is sitting in essentially occupies two SKUs, mm-hmm. and they can make more money. But as, you know, consumer advocate, uh, I'm not a fan of this. <laughs> so you would not recommend this process? Uh, I would not recommend this process. I mean, I don't know. It could become a, um, like, because of how it worked with Vista, nobody really complained about it. This could just become carte blanche for the way things are done on here on out with processors. It wouldn't really surprise me. But also, it's it's almost asking for rampant, like, cracking piracy uh, because, you know, if, if you make it, they will crack it. And they made it, and somebody's going to crack it, so what's the point? Well, see... My, uh, all right, I understand where you guys are coming from. However, how cost efficient could it be to make this chip run at the level that they're currently uh, selling it fifty bucks less? Well, I mean, for the user, if they are actually underclocking it, it means it's going to run more, um, more reliably and cooler. Spike, were you saying something? Yeah, I was just going to say. Um... I don't have the model numbers in front of me, but I know they've been doing this a long time um, on the hardware end for certain chips. Um, like Rob was saying, they'll uh, you know produce the die for a chip and run essentially two different chips off the same line because it's cheaper to do that, and then just uh, disable part of the chip's performance uh, via hardware, which is right. what they've been doing up until now. So I know in the past you could solder two pins together on the chip and get the better performance or access to, you know, the second cache that they had disabled. So I think they're just moving to do it um, on a software basis so people can pay for the extra capacity rather than um, if it's done hardware, there's really no way to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with, with the, you consider the average consumer application these days. I mean, the, the Apple A4 processor that you see in the iPad and the iPhone can handle pretty much anything that a average consumer, not a, I mean, a prosumer is not going to buy this gateway. Uh, you know, a gamer is not going to be looking at this gateway. The people who really need performance are not going to be looking at this gateway. So, 
that aside, it's the average user who doesn't need a whole lot of power, and by producing this underclock chip with the option to overclock it, they're producing in the end, hopefully, uh, a more reliable piece of hardware. So it could, it could do them good. Now that I think about it, I'm not so against it. <laughs> as, as long as, like, if this becomes, like, the rule for everything, and it's just, like, mm. Intel's new chip this year, the only one they'll put out this year instead of the myriad of, like, and it 16 like different it's only It's only on some gateways. It's, yeah. it's only uh, through Best Buy. It really does feel like an experiment. Like yeah, it, it's like, definitely an experiment. Best Buy's like, hey, we'll, we'll give a shot at that. Okay. You know, and, and uh, yeah, you can, you, can, you can try that through our stores. We, we have the marketing muscle. We think this will work, or we'll see if it works or whatnot. Uh, right. Or maybe they're helping help them, help them uh, cut the overhead as far as that goes. Because let's, let's face it, if something like this was just stuck on the Gateway store, uh, you know, on their website, it would just be lost in the shuffle, you know. Right. And, you know here it's, it's in front of people and being sold by uh, very competent salesmen. <laughs> so, there you go. Uh, speaking of things that could be crap, <laughs> I, can, I can hear Chachi gritting his teeth from here. Oh, yeah, and there, there's an image of it right there. Um, <laughs> but uh, aside from that, uh, speaking of things getting cracked, uh, HDCP got cracked this week. Now, this is the damn thing that pops up every time I switch over to my Xbox after I've left it on, and uh, it says it's been con- reconnected. For the longest time, I thought it was a networking problem. Um, so it's just been an annoyance <laughs> to me. Uh, but I, I understand. It, it's, it's the, uh, it's the uh, copy protection that what Hollywood has 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 loved uh, to put in all of our televisions and our cable boxes to make sure we're not stealing stuff through the analog hole. Uh, yeah, I got that that correct, right, guys? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It is uh, copy protection uh, created by Intel, mostly for use uh, using pretty modern uh, display uh, protocols like uh, DisplayPort, DVI, HDMI, uh, UDI, and um, uh, uh, Blu-ray. And, uh, so it was found on, I'm trying to find the name of the thing that it was found on. It's that website where you paste things. On the delicious? Here, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pastebin. That's what it was found on. So there's a clipboard site called Pastebin used to paste, um, like share little, little snippets of code with, you know, your friends, your coworkers, whatever you want. And somebody found the HDCP key uh, on Monday, and it has been verified uh, by Intel that it is, in fact, the HDCP key. And the important thing about this, as far as, like, ramifications, is that now that the key is out in the wild, and this is the master key, which means that regardless of the content or the hardware, you would be able to use this key to verify HDCP. Uh, So it would mean that, you know, uh, Taiwanese knockoff uh, electronics manufacturers could make like Blu-ray players and pieces of hardware that could crack HDCP without any effort, and it would they wouldn't have to pay the rights to Intel. So, I mean, is that going to be... How accessible is that to the rest of us, though? Um, the question is if somebody like DVD John would release a, um, you know, a ripper, which will happen. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, there's there's no doubt at all that this will be in the hands of the average user. And this just uh, means I can hook up a Blu-ray player and be able to record it, say, to my computer, like, like through, like, pretty much, like, analog? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It would be, it would, anything that interacts with HDCP would be able to not have to worry about HDCP anymore. Mm. 
Um, so Intel has a handful of ways to fight this, including the DMCA, mm -hmm. uh, which basically prohibits anybody from making hardware that circumvents encryption programs. Yeah, um, but thus far, they've basically said that, you know what? Yes, that is the master key. And if you use it, we will sue the pants off you. Well, even the fact that they've... Uh, well, wait, wait, they, had, they didn't really crack this. They just... Somebody found it? Somebody found it, yeah. So, well, so it's either somebody cracked it or somebody uh, had access to it and or pasted it. Somebody found it on a bar. <laughs> somebody somebody left the HDCP master key. Oh man, that guy is in a bar. In so much trouble with Sony and yeah. Intel. <laughs> <laughs> now, now this is you know may not could be not all a bad thing. Uh, let's see. The problem is HDCP sucks is the one headline here. Um, because <laughs> I know I know there's people that have, like say have monitors like and. Uh, that just happened not to be compatible because of the HDCP impl implementation. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it, like uh, people with uh, a certain certain computer monitors aren't able to watch Blu-ray discs uh, right, right. on their computer, even though their computer is completely capable of it. Um, you know, I, it, this could be this could be a, a way out for those people when those, those solutions come out. And of course, then there's the floodgates of you know Blu-ray rips, which I think have been pretty light as of late, right? I wouldn't say that. No, it's no, not that they've been light. They, it's that most people don't have access to the bandwidth required to okay, download. Okay, okay. I mean, they, they figured it out a while ago, then. Yeah, yeah. It was it was figured out pretty early um, that it can be done, and you can rip it. Just like I mean, there's plenty of HD DVD rips that are still floating around. Um, but it's just that the bandwidth penetration for downloading something that big. I forget how big the file is, but um a lot bigger than your average like you know if you if you download a, a fully ripped dvd right now it's like single-sided dvd is 4.7 gigs mm -hmm. double-sided is nine point something and that's like you can kind of sort of handle that over a day or so on your average cable connection but when you're talking blu-ray you're talking like three or four times that size and it's like it, dedicating a week to downloading a movie and suddenly it's, it's like, like being on dial-up again it's, it's like 30 gigs i think you can throw, yeah you can put on blu-ray yeah so that's why it's not as compressed uh there um, I didn't know. Audit, favorite, uh, yeah, what's that? My favorite part of this entire article is the very end. What's that? Well, it, in earlier in the article, it says that DVD John was 16 when he published the code. Mm -hmm. So it did the math. It said, according to Wikipedia, there are 611,900 practicing software engineers in America. And the U.S. Census Bureau in 2008 said that there are 21,469,780 teenagers in the U.S. between 15 and 19. And it, it ends by saying that teenagers have the advantage 35 to 1. Wow. So <laughs> if the teenagers revolt, we're all in trouble. See, it's not the machines you have to worry about, Chachi. No, the teenagers are going to start the whole thing. It's yeah. all their fault. Actually, it's the teenage robots we really have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, so much angst, so many, so little outlets. Uh, <laughs> Get off my lawn! <laughs> uh, we're the old ones now. Um, of course, last week we mentioned Apple uh, finally went lax on a lot of its uh, App Store developments. Um, and the floodgates have opened in apps this week. The big one, of course, uh, two Google Voice apps have been approved for the store, including uh, GV Connect and GV... Oh, I forget the name of it right off the top of my head. Uh, it'd be the one in the show notes, wouldn't it? That one? Probably. But, uh, 
And and I think there's been a few other things. Uh, what what have you guys seen out in the wild that we normally wouldn't uh, be be talking about here? The. <laughs> Wait, are we talking iPhone apps? Yes. Okay. okay. Maybe not you, Chachi. Right. Uh, so. I can't remember anything right now. <laughs> uh, well, the big one's the Google Voice app, of course. Um, which, which, of course, uh, uh, the, these ones have, have uh, you know kind of survived after they got rejected the first time around. Uh, they actually had uh, the creator of. Oh, geez. I'll get the title of this one real quick here. Um, the creator of one of them was actually on MacBreak Weekly today uh, talking about the process. And so as soon as he saw that email that, uh, that, the, uh, that it was, uh, 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 you know, that, that the, the process was changed, uh, completely re- resubmitted to the advisory board. Uh, GV, GV Mobile Plus is the, is the yeah. app that I'm talking about. It's GV Connect and GV Mobile Plus. We also saw uh, the release, uh, well, not the release, but the announcement that the ability to edit Google Docs is coming to Android yes. and, and uh, iOS. I don't think that's uh, related to the. Change, it's not, though. but it's important all the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, you know, great. I can touch type spreadsheets. Um, so no, it, it is something uh, really important on the go because I mean, it, it's been it's been okay to like be able to bring in you know notes and everything you know for an event from from the Google Docs, but it's really disappointing that you can't edit them on these things. Um, but, but you can't edit them on Android as well. No, apparently not. Wow, so you guys really don't have like uh, any sort of uh, uh, kind of editing tool to, to to speak of then, right? Well, no, because I mean, there's there's programs across all three pro- uh, platforms. Third party programs, then. Right, uh, like the best one is a program called Docs to Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it costs uh, twenty five, thirty dollars, and it edits all the major. Uh, office documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, and that's available on iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like we have it at work. It we uh, have it for our Blackberries. All right. So. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what else comes out here. Maybe we'll. Uh, who submitted uh, uh, Fire? I uh, can't remember the name of it. Fire something. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, this is browser that was on. Uh, I remember when uh, uh, my wife had the uh, Windows Mobile phone, and it had Flash, and it had full brow- HTML support because Internet Explorer didn't back on you know Windows Windows Mobile five and six. I think it's called Skyfire, to be honest. Let me go check that. Sounds right. Also, uh, VLC Media Player. VLC. That was the other big one. There um, we go. Now that's the program where I've got it on a bunch of my Macs. It plays anything. Devix. Uh, you know, you name it, and now it's going to be on. It's, I, well, they have an iPad and an iPhone version, right? Uh, do 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 do. I know it works on the iPad. I don't know. I don't think it's out for the iPhone. Checking. Uh, compatible only with the iPad. Okay, oh, but but still, that's a pretty big deal because I mean, as close as they've been, now you can throw all your legally sought, oddly formatted movies over on the iPad. Yes. Wait, we don't have those here. So, <laughs> uh, Chilla also let me know that Docs to Go uh, integrates with Dropbox. Oh, excellent! Yeah, Dropbox. So. Oh, there he is in chat room. How you doing? Yeah, um, As an aside, uh, since we forgot so many things, we can cram in a couple little tidbits here. There was uh, that study released a couple days ago saying that um, 
Flash Player was faster than HTML5 Canvas on mobile devices. And uh, But, wait, it was released today that um, the, uh, the benchmarking software they used was optimized for that to produce those <laughs> results. And so it's, it's not quite, you're wrong, but it's definitely a, oh, hold your breath. It's not quite as true as you thought it was. So the jury's still out until uh, somebody else more independent. Yeah, I'd say until we see uh, more um, legitimate benchmarking. But it was basically uh, Gruber at uh, Daring Fireball put a little research into it. Uh, everybody was pretty skeptical, and there is uh, an update where they uh, tweaked the version of the Canvas demo so it wasn't so... Um, so optimized for exactly running Flash on a mobile device. And uh, it, it gave more favorable results to uh, HTML5. Mm. I don't think it gave, like, absolute winner results, but I think before we before we make any flat claims, we should wait for uh, more benchmarking results from other pieces of software and other individuals. All right. Um, well, the other, other uh, iPad news, apparently. ABC app eavesdrops on your TV to synchronize interactive content using Nielsen Tech. Now, the way I understand this technology, uh, apparently your ABC app will uh, hear what's going on in your TV, and I don't know if they have some kind of synchronized software. Maybe there's some kind of uh, sub-audible thing going on. Maybe it's like the old Captain Power videos where you had the gun and, and they had the flashy stuff on the screen, and, and, it, and if you shoot the flashy thing, like the guy will pop out of the plane and stuff like that. Nobody else remembers this? Anybody? No. Sounds no? like Duck Hunt. Um, yes, yeah, but exactly. with but with VHS. Um, hmm. But anyways, uh, and apparently, if you're watching, well, like your loss is about what's on ABC. I don't even know anymore. Um, uh, you say, got me. <laughs> say, say you're watching Lost. Say you're watching a rerun of Lost, and they have uh, 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 interactive content will pop up on your iPad as you're watching the show because it's going to know pretty much what you're watching and I, I presume where you are. Um, let's see, they're, 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 you're attributing this to being a pop-up video uh, type of uh, experiment. Um, but then it's kind of, well, so your iPad's listening to what's going on in, you know, openly, you know, with the microphone and okay. saying it to ABC? Here's my problem with this. Okay. You, you just started, as soon as you started talking about this, all I can picture is a bunch of iPads riding... A bunch of Roombas <laughs> and attacking. Oh, uh, so how many stories can we can we attribute back to the rise of the robots today, huh? <laughs> I um I do like this though. I mean, it has a touch of you know Big Brother who apps are yeah, listening. What all to what are I'm they doing. listening to? Yeah, but it does ask you whether or not you want to turn the feature on, which is good. It's an opt-in feature, which is obviously very important. Um, and also. You consider the way more households and more TV watching experiences are working these ways. There's, mm -hmm. there's you know the handful of geeks who are very cool with just watching movies on their iPad, and then there's the average Joe who's still uh, kind of hooked on the the paradigm of the TV. And uh, so you know you're sitting on your couch, you have your iPhone in your hand or your iPod and your, your iPad in your hands while you're watching TV because we all have attention deficit disorder at this point. Um, so it only makes you know perfect sense. For you to have this thing, which can create this relevant content up on your iPad. Exactly. Um, well, I, I want to get uh, to the rest of our stuff. So, uh, unless there's anything else uh, you guys want to bring up in the news, I, I, I vote that we stop 
attributing things to Big Brother. <laughs> do we need? Uh, do we need a new term? Reference is that better? I'm not saying in general. I'm just saying that the majority of us, and by us, I mean at least the four people on this show right now. Okay. Okay. Have smartphone capabilities at all times. So the government already knows what we're doing. Well, they can know what we're doing, but right, they, choose, they to. choose to. This is an example of handing over that information to uh, a company. You're talking about the eagle eye concept, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you just want to put a kibosh on it, or do you want us to call it something else? I, I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> Maybe on a future episode of Chachi Says. Um... Well, on that note, uh, we do want to mention our sponsor, our affiliate, uh, Backblaze.com. Uh, you guys can support the show uh, if you're interested in backing up your so your 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 files, your photos, your videos, your naughty naughty things. Uh, please, uh, you, you, in case your house burns down, come on, people. You know you don't want to lose your porn. You don't want to lose. Burns okay, you don't want to lose your porn. Okay. Well, you, we'll just come out and say it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, we we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, DJ Lunchbox, uh, well over on the Wrestling Mayhem show, lost 500 gigabytes of his life since high school, uh, just because he wishes he was on Backblaze and never really stepped up to do it. He could have saved that. He could have saved a lot of that stuff. And he could have got it back really easily uh, through their service. It's only $5 a month. I've been using it. It backs up this uh, whole thing right here um, and and continues to. And it, I've been on it for over a year now, and it hasn't done me wrong. I'm backing up uh, probably a couple terabytes at this point uh, off of my computer upstairs. And I'm backing up since I store photos on my laptop. And especially if you have a laptop, you gotta get that. you got to get that stuff off there. Uh, just in case the worst happens, especially if you travel, if you if you take it around, you know, uh, you know, somebody goes crazy on you in a coffee shop. You don't know. You don't know. People get on caffeine, they get nuts, guys. Uh, so get your stuff backed up. Keep it safe. Backblaze.com. We got the link right there on awesomecast.com, sorgatronmedia.com. If you're thinking about it, uh, go try it out. If you want to know more, let us, you know, if you've got any questions about it and our experiences with it, well, you know, hit me up. I'm at Sorgatron. I'll tell you all about our sponsor. I use it. I love it. So please go check that out. Uh, backblaze.com, of course. Uh, now, we got our guest tonight, Spike. Uh, now, uh, you, of course, uh, work with uh, uh, Vivo Live. Uh, so so tell us, tell us for, for those who don't know, what is Vivo? So uh, Vivo is a company I co-founded um, about just about two years ago. And um, what it is, uh, Vivo is a web-based um, live video broadcasting service, mm -hmm. um, similar in a lot of ways to Ustream that you have your show on. Excellent, excellent. Now, now, um, uh, I guess the first question is, uh, you, you know, we we saw a bit of it with PodCamp Pittsburgh uh, four right. and five. Now, uh, I think it's been a great uh, example of you know what this stuff can do. Uh, I know with the, I've I've seen some of the numbers from this year and it's, it was it's a big number of people. Uh, get, tell us tell us what what your service offers that you know the, you know that a lot of us using UStream and Justin TV and everything. Uh, you know what what is your your service offer that that maybe uh, is lacking in those areas? Um, well, to start out, um, our service is a completely paid service, so we don't have a free version. Mm -hmm. Um, but what that gives our users, um, no advertising, um, we don't aggregate your content, 
to, uh, to other sources. Um, so we have a, a privacy advantage. Um, the other thing we have, um, we have the opportunity to customize your page um, in more detail than you would get with Ustream mm -hmm. um, or Livestream. And um, we have a professional services division where we can add features that aren't uh, in our out-of-the-box system. Mm. Um, we did a little bit of that with PodCamp last year. We had the ability to, um, to choose between multiple cameras. Um, and this year also, so we had our, our six, uh, six rooms in PodCamp all broadcasting at the same time. And um, we give the viewer the chance to pick between those different rooms. Um, so we're working to build out the multi-camera feature in more detail. Mm. Um, and once we have that automated, that'll be something that um, Ustream doesn't have or um, any of the other main live video providers don't have. So one of the most important things I heard out of that, uh, you, you don't get the sponsors uh, popping up and everything, which is a big complaint I know we've had uh, right. with, with this show, uh, you know, with our Wrestling Mayhem show. As we heard it as we were setting up. I got blasted in the ears by, uh, by somebody screening screaming in some strange commercial you know when I, uh, for what, what was the, what was the commercial even for something that, that was completely applicable it's like i usually get cleaning products when people log into the show and it's really it's really kind of embarrassing especially when i'm talking about professional wrestling so i've been getting uh, vinyl siding and caribbean vacation a lot yeah yeah a lot of that stuff a lot of a lot of the commercials you see at, on late night tv which makes me really feel really good about uh, where, where I'm keeping my video, huh? Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, first of all, you, you guys um, uh, are actually an Alpha Lab company. Uh, who will actually uh, we're, we're scheduled to have Mike Wojcik uh, from from the from that place on the on the show next week. Um, awesome. Uh, so, uh, can you tell us a little about uh, how you got involved with Alpha Lab and uh, what was that process uh, uh, like for you? Yeah, Alpha Lab Alpha Lab was a great experience. Um, my first contact with Alpha Lab um, was through um, a professor I had uh, when I was in school at CMU. Um, this is uh, about two years ago when we were getting the company together. We were getting ready for launch, and we were looking for, um, you know, searching for funding basically. So I contacted um, a professor I had at CMU that teaches entrepreneurship, and uh, she put us in contact with uh, Jim Jen, who runs Alpha Lab. Um, with Innovation Works. So we applied. Um, we got accepted to the uh, third Alpha Lab class, and uh, it was a really great program. Um, they give, you know, it's a, it's a program, a t technology incubator for concept and early stage companies. Um, it's a few months long. They give you um, advice, mentorship um, from startups in the area and around the country that have done well. and. Um, it was a really great experience for us. Um, it helped us grow as a company a lot, um, and we have nothing but good good things to say about Alpha Lab. And uh, Mike's a great guy. Go have a good show with him. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, do you, do you have any advice as, as uh, you know entrepreneurs in Pittsburgh? Do you have any advice for people, uh, you know, trying trying to do the the, the technology uh, startup around here, or any other kind of small town or smaller city, I should say? Um, in Pittsburgh, I would say just make use of the networks that are here. Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. um, Pittsburgh has a great um, community for for entrepreneurs and especially technology entrepreneurs. Um, there's definitely not a program like Alpha Lab or um, a group like Innovation Works in uh, every city. Mm -hmm. And the, the people that are in those groups are a great resource. Um, one of the great things about Pittsburgh is that 
um, people are willing to share information and you know contacts and help you out. And I think in a lot of other cities, it's not like that. So um, the technology uh, community in Pittsburgh is very open and uh, welcoming to anyone that's uh, coming up with a new idea or trying to start a new business. It's kind of speaking on that openness. Uh, a friend of mine is uh, looking at uh, his own uh, venture and is really surprised. He's, he's just in the last few months uh, kind of been coming out to the pod camps, the, uh, you know, stuff like the Bill Guilds and everything. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, along the lines of what he's doing. And, and it just seems like how everybody's, it seems like no matter where he goes, it, it, it always tracks back. Everybody knows each other. It, it, it's like we have the small town advantage here uh, in the business sector. Uh, and, and everybody's willing to help, and it's really great. Absolutely. Yeah, that's been our experience you know as well. I, I, oh, Chuck? I, I don't think it's that uh, small town advantage. Mm -hmm. I think it's just that... You still there? <laughs> uh oh. He was going to have the secret and then we, we lost him. Well, we'll see if we can get him back there. Oh, there he goes. There is the, uh, there is the sign off there. But, uh. <laughs> the red boss got him? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, you guys work on an alternative to Skype by chance? Because, uh, it, it's not working out apparently. Um, we'll get him back. <laughs> there he is. But we're working on it. Maybe. Maybe. I want to know what his what his comment was now. Um, yeah, I know. I'm I'm on edge. <laughs> Spike, do you um do you have numbers for um how many viewers we had for PodCamp? Yeah, yeah. I was just looking. Um, the numbers probably changed a little bit, but I checked um, Sunday night. Is currently um, unavailable. Please leave a oh, message geez. after the beep. <laughs> Hi, Chachi. This is the awesome cast. For some reason, I can't turn you off. Uh, so we're just going to leave this fun message right here while we're doing this interview. And I love live podcasting. Later. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Go back to your question. Yeah. So the numbers numbers from PodCamp. Um, as of Sunday night, I, I think we had just under 300 uh, viewers to each room. Um, the main room of the hub um, had just under 300. I think the other rooms were averaging 250. So it looks like the people that were tuning in were, were checking out the different rooms, which is great. Now, I heard that uh, we had people from Germany watching. You know, we probably did. I, I should log in and check. I haven't, uh, I haven't checked the, the geographic breakdown. And that's one advantage that, that I see of you over uh, services I've seen in, in doing the shows we do. is I, You sent me a, a screenshot. Of course, you know, can't wait to look at something a little more in-depth later. Uh, but it, it's, it's just as big. It, it's just as in-depth, uh, even, even if not more so than like, like Blip TV. I've seen a lot of really good stats. Uh, but but uh, there's a lot. Of, it's, it's really broken down well uh, for something like that. And to see the numbers that you guys are handling, uh, and, and I don't think there was, uh, the biggest problems I saw were frankly from the internal network from uh, us in, in house trying to receive the, the, uh, the video. Uh, but, but, uh, we have, we have friends, uh, in, in Texas, I know, uh, other parts of PA, uh, that said it was, it was pretty good all weekend. Yeah, this is the same kind of feedback we got. That's good to hear. Excellent. Excellent. Stability is, stability is key if we've learned anything from Twitter, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you consider, like, the way PodCamp was before we um, 
or before the the previous organizers, I should say, because my first year as an organizer was the first year we had Vivo. But mm -hmm. in previous years, it was basically foot traffic, and that was it. And there was mm -hmm. maybe three hundred people to the event. But um, I don't I don't think any of us anticipated the the massive impact that that the ability to stream all of the sessions online was going to have to the point where we essentially can say that we had a a couple thousand you know people watching and participating in the conference and participating in the chat rooms and engaging like like for instance our uh, our sticker sponsor sticker giant this would be the third episode in a row that i got the word sticker in um possibly the fourth but uh he actually watched the entire conference via vivo from colorado and uh and and just like basically you know something like quadrupled the uh, amount of people who are able to participate in a relatively small event and turn it into something huge all because of streaming video and dependable streaming video uh, with the chat rooms and everything and, and everybody really loved it. Yeah, and I, I think one comment was that we had a whole nother PodCamp watching. Um, yeah, it was basically the equivalent of having a PodCamp watching the people at PodCamp. <laughs> at PodCamp. <laughs> and this is something uh, I know we, we've tried video in the past and it just never worked uh, for one reason or another and it was great to, like, I know last year we didn't put a big emphasis on, on the video as we did this, this year because um, frankly like I know we had our reservations going into it but it was great to see uh, how well Vivo and, and it's proof if nothing else we had all those sessions uh, we have over 40 sessions from uh, PodCamp Pittsburgh 4 uh, now on Blip TV, iTunes and YouTube so uh, hey we got Chachi back, I think. Are you there, sir? Yeah, I'm uh, here. Did you have more to uh, your comment you were bringing up? I, I did, actually. Um, but first, I'll, I'll describe what happened, because I will be writing a nasty little email. Um, so Skype decided that I was done with the call. Oh. <laughs> so, so it could run updates. Oh. <laughs> That's like a Windows problem right there. Right. Fantastic. Oh, uh, no, shut up. And you just got the ad from Ustream. I'm going to shut that off. <laughs> but nothing um, else. We're giving you a great example of why Vivo is better than what we're using. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but what I, what I was trying to say is that uh, it, it's not so much the small town effect. Mm -hmm. It's just that in our area, we're more willing to reach out and connect and ask for help or help others. Mm. Uh, that's one comment I heard. Uh, uh, I think it's a blog post I'm reading uh, post-podcamp. We're talking about how uh, uh, people are so much nicer than the other end of, P of PA. Uh, yeah, yeah. People have had some pretty... Uh, not, not to say anything bad, I can't speak for myself, but I have heard really bad things about uh, PodCamp Philly and that people weren't as nice as they are here at least. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, there was one uh, the, the girl from Texas, uh, Houston, uh, that said, uh, "What was she? She'd been to some, some. I don't know if it was a pod camp or something else down there, and and she was like, it was her second year at Pod Camp Pittsburgh, uh, and she's like, I'd rather come here. So that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I think. I mean, there's a lot of things you can contribute that to. Uh, as somebody who only moved to the city two years ago, mm -hmm. uh, it is certainly like the friendliest. You know. Uh, a conglomeration of people that I've ever met in my life, but you know, you could say it's it's a younger city, so people are nicer. But uh, I don't know. Like you, you even talk to people, um, you know, older Yinzers who have been around for uh, you know they grew up here and everything, and they'll still tell you that no matter where you go, you're never going to find a nicer city than Pittsburgh. 
And, uh, and when you go into smaller groups, like even, even the, the PodCamp crew, the social media group, uh, all the companies and everything, there's always, uh, you know, the, the best way to succeed is to make friends. And Pittsburgh has a ton of friends for anybody. Mm-hmm. And now kind of to that, you know, we talk about a lot, you know, usually a lot of the big technical companies, they try to go to New York, they try to go to uh, out west. Uh, in particular, uh, Spike, have you guys, uh, you know, received any pressure for that? You know, saying, "Hey, you guys should come out here. Uh, you do better," or anything like that. No, we we haven't received any any pressure to move kind of mm-hmm. the Vivo home base, but you know, we're definitely um, we already have customers all over the U.S. Um, you know, one of the markets we kind of um, targeted. I didn't really mention this before when uh, I was talking about the features of Vivo. But one of the things we're trying to do is uh, customize the platform for specific markets. And uh, the first uh, market that we started off with was uh, the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an early relationship with HarperCollins, and uh, they broadcast a lot of their authors when they're out on book tours talking about their books. So um, with that, we've you know been to the West Coast a bunch of times in the past year and a half. Um, we're definitely interested in expanding um, on the sales front, but we're we're happy in Pittsburgh. We haven't received any pressure um, to uh, to move our our base location. You know, if things go well, I think we'd be open to uh, having offices in other places. But um, I think we'll stay in Pittsburgh. It's uh, the plan for now. Excellent. Now, um, kind of kind of a, a question, like, because we had. Uh, Steven from the Tech Buzz uh, had, I, I think it was a live view backpack. I think it's seen one Leo Laporte's had in the past, uh, doing doing a kind of you know the mobile the mobile uh, broadcasting thing. And now I know you guys were using the R Institute's network. Um, is your service? Uh, are, are you are you uh, kind of more prone to work on whatever systems are available on location, or are you able to do more of a mobile setup like maybe like the live view system, or I think Ustream has something like that for professionals too. Yeah, you know, we've we've looked into the live view system, kind of the the astronaut backpack. Yeah, <laughs> I hear it's heavy. And, um, I hear it's real heavy. Yeah, yeah, I've heard the same thing, um, and I'm sure it works well in in different situations for different clients. We've mm-hmm. um, we've built kind of uh, our own customized broadcasting packs. We did an event with um, uh, with many of Pittsburgh and the Steelers about a month ago. Uh, maybe a little longer for the beginning of training camp where we had a, a mobile broadcasting pack in a car and um, broadcasted live um, as Max Starks and uh, one of the reporters from Channel 4 drove to training camp and they did a live interview. So um, we do offer customized broadcasting packs kind of on a client-to-client basis. Um, if we get a system together that works really well for everyone, um, we would start offering that similarly to how LiveView does. Mm-hmm. And with those systems, um, we'll use some uh, mobile broadband. Um, we've had good luck with Verizon around Pittsburgh, but we've kind of tested all the carriers. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Uh, you guys got anything for Spike here before we have to let him go? We're, we're running up against uh, Chachi's uh, glee out here, so uh, <laughs> so, so I want to make sure we don't screw that up. Uh, Rob? Um, not really anything in particular. Again, it's just, uh, I, I'd say at this point we could say that Vivo has revolutionized the way that we approach the audience at, uh, at PodCamp and they, uh, you know, you guys did a, a fantastic job and, and you weren't running around quite as much as you did last year and, uh, everything That's went right. off without a hitch at all. And, and, you know, we can't thank you enough for all that. Thanks a lot, Rob. All right, Chachi, you got anything? 
Uh, no, I basically what Rob said. I mean, it, it, it's a great oh. service. I know I myself monitored the chat rooms a couple of times, mm. and it's just a fantastic service. And there was even people who were like, they uh, they were hanging out in a hallway and they weren't sure which session to go to, so they were actually sitting there on their mobile device flipping through sessions on the Vivo stream to figure out where they wanted to go. Right. I mean, it, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know. Yeah, I know. Last year, my brother was—he's uh, got his uh, 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 flip uh, uh, HP with the touch screen, and he's just walking with that, waiting for uh, waiting for the, the the guy to finish his session so he can go sit down for the next last year. Uh, great, Spike. It's been a pleasure working with you guys with PodCamp. Uh, and uh, anything anything exciting coming up uh, you'd like to put out there? You know, we may maybe we can uh, preview some of our exciting stuff coming up on a on a future awesome cast. <laughs> um, I don't have anything quite ready to talk about right now, but we are working on a few exciting things. Fantastic. Well, when you are able to talk about them, please let us know. Uh, we'll we'll be excited to, to to talk about them here on the show. All right. All right. Awesome. All right. And now thanks a lot for having me on. No problem. Check them out. VivoLive.com if you want to check out the service. Uh, if you want to check out an action, uh, we got a lot of stuff over on the PodCamp Pittsburgh uh, YouTube and PodCampPGH.blip.tv off the top of my head uh, for an example of what, what we have going on there. And uh, all those videos from PodCamp Pittsburgh 5, you don't worry about missing it. I know I missed half of the sessions that I wanted to, uh, but they will be coming up uh, uh, soon live. Uh, uh, online for all you guys to check out uh, whenever you want and see what you missed at PodCamp Pittsburgh. Um, so thanks a lot, Spike. Uh, uh, can't wait to have you on again. All right, Mike. Thanks. All right. Uh, Rob, yes. time to go. Where, what's going on with you? Uh, what, what, what are you up to lately? Uh, well, tonight I'll be crunching through the 600 or so photos and uh, some video that I shot at... Uh, at PodCamp, I've got a, a whole lot of, of B-Rail, yeah, B-Rail, you know, um, a whole lot of B-Rail, I can't say the word real, um, anyway, pictures, videos, uh, things from PodCamp, I also have a whole bunch of other projects lined up that I uh, had to take the back burner from PodCamp, honestly, I'd really like to take a nap, but I don't have time to. Oh, I'm in the same boat, man, I'm <laughs> completely in the same boat, I had all that um, stuff riled up on, on Remember the Milk. Uh, until right after PodCamp, and it's like, ooh, I don't have any rest. No rest. <laughs> um, but I've got, uh, let's see, I've got all the photo stuff. I've got um, a uh, local restaurant, The Quiet Storm, is having their uh, their alumni special gathering dinner, uh, which they have every year. I think it's every year, at least, to mm -hmm. preview new dishes, and it's invite only and whatnot. Very fancy. And uh, I get to go for free because I'm a photographer. I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it's handy to be in the media sometimes. It is handy. It's nice. You get free food, uh, and that's uh, that's at the uh, the Quiet Storm on October first. I don't Excellent. know why I'm telling you because you can't go. And, and Rob <laughs> has some fantastic pictures over on the PodCamp Pittsburgh group on uh, Flickr. So go look that up. Uh, there's lots of great stuff there. Uh, Chachi, yes, what, sir. What what do you want people to check out? Uh, you can check out ChachiSays.net.net .net. and. Uh, Chachi says dot blip dot TV for all of my Chachi says the vidcast, which it's a record week, so it's time to uh, 
stock up the footage. That's right. And we have a wonderful experiment. You probably saw it on the last episode. Please, please, I know it was a little out of schedule that we had an episode on Sunday. Uh, so uh, if you're checking us, us out the normal day you download this, please go back. Download episode 17 officially. I'm screwed. I'm not, I'm not messing with numbers and specials and stuff. It's episode 17, guys. Uh, and go check out. We had, we had so many guests. I, I, I don't even know how many people uh, popped up on thing on that thing. Uh, DJ Lunchbox, Uncle Crappy, uh, 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 Jenny Roth, uh, co-organizer of PodCamp Pittsburgh. Uh, Chachi, of course, was on it with a really quick 90-second version of his uh, Chachi Says uh, that had I don't even know how many cameras. They're still uh, coming well, in. Last count was eight. 13. Thir- 13? Well, see, I'm, oh, I got eight? two shots from flip cams in the back of the room that I was unaware of. So I, I still don't know how many cameras, but if you guys participate in that, please uh, DM me at Sorgatron on Twitter, uh, and I got some. I'll have some blog coming up at Sorgatron.com and SorgatronMedia.com for everything else we're doing. So guys, hey, thanks Spike for coming on. Rob Chachi, a pleasure as always. PodCamp was great. Can't wait till next year. Next week we're scheduled to have our friend uh, Mike Wojcik from Alpha Lab. Uh, applications are open. Maybe you could be the next Vivo. Oh, what we got there? PodCamp Pittsburgh. <laughs> Did we get rid of the stickers? Did we get rid of the stickers, Rob? No, we did not. We, we, we still have. Um, oh my god! Well, Spike's I, I, got two. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead. I uh, I basically made sure that we got rid of all of the uh, PodCamp Pittsburgh Five stickers uh, because they will not be relevant for next year. But we Fantastic. still have a ton of PodCamp Pittsburgh stickers. So I have a box which I will hold on to uh, nearly and dearly until next year. Uh, then we can put them back out there. I, I still probably have at least like fifteen hundred or two thousand stickers left. I didn't get any, surprisingly. So uh, I've got, if you want stickers, I've got stickers. We're gonna have to remedy this. Thanks, guys. It's been the awesome cast. We'll see you guys next week. Awesomecast.com. dot com.